Hello, everyone. My name is Illumide. And my name is Christy. And welcome to the Big Empty Purse podcast. We were trying to find places that had a lot of vegan options that weren't just like straight... Salad. Not that I might salad, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... So, Christy, what have you been up to since the last episode? Can you guess where I've been going? (laughs) Because I've been going through it. Through it. Through it. I'm sorry. Through it. Oh, and it's not even in an interesting way. So, like, I would love to bitch to you listeners about the terrible things. Going, uh, terrible things. Now I sound really dramatic. It's the normal struggle. Like, I shouldn't talk about it on a podcast, and also it would be hella boring if I did anyway, but bureaucracy, man. I'm so very sorry. <laughs> anyway, so I've been going through it. Have I consumed any content to share? No. No, I have not. <laughs> but I did, I did see uh, two of our really good college friends this weekend who we hadn't seen a... in like three years. Wow, it's been that long. <laughs> yeah, because there were all these people who like I'd been putting off seeing, not not putting off, but you know, just we get to this age and you're like lucky if you see people once a year. So like if it had been a while oh, yeah. and then COVID happened, it's all a struggle. Uh, it's all a struggle. Yeah. How was that? That was great. We got to uh, explore the vegan DC restaurant scene. Yeah, that sounds like so much fun. We actually didn't, we ended up... Um, <laughs> And somebody needs, this is a market niche, someone fill this, please. Because we were trying to find places that had a lot of vegan options that weren't just like straight... Salad. Not that I might oh, salad, okay. yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> but yeah no i mean not that there aren't good like there's another market niche here let me just give y'all all the tips number one i need someone to start writing articles and making resources of places that have a lot of vegetarian and vegan options even though they're not specifically that shout out though to um purple patch in mount pleasant which is a filipino restaurant that had a bunch of vegan stuff so and also is a really good restaurant you know what i will say but right this is the thing i feel like only western countries eat meat this much Mm -hmm. because when you say like a whole bunch of vegan stuff, in my mind, I was thinking, wait, actually, a lot of other country foods are all vegan. And they're not, they're not boring salads. Yeah. Like, if <laughs> yes. you go, yeah, they have, you know, you can go the, the Thai pineapple fried rice that doesn't have meat. It's not cooked with any kind of beef bouillon or anything like that. And if you go to my country, like a lot of the soups and stuff are all vegetable based. Mm-hmm. And when I say soup, I mean like they're not really soups as you think of appetizers. They're really entrees because you eat them as stews. And then you have like a grain that goes with it. And both of those are vegetarian, actually vegan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you then choose to put meat in it and then it's not, it's not vegan. Right. But yeah. But <laughs> yeah, so in Western countries, they put meat in everything or cheese yes. or something. No, it's totally true because we went to an Indian food restaurant for lunch and then a Filipino restaurant for dinner. And both of them had plenty of like vegan mm-hmm. vegetarian options. Yeah. No, it's just yeah. <laughs> hashtag this is America where <laughs> we need meat in everything. But yes, also, if someone does want to open a straight vegan vegetarian restaurant, for some reason, the the ones that are like specifically focused on that in DC are either like fast casual lunch places or like nine course prefix super bougie restaurants. There is no in between. No in between. <laughs> there is zero in between. <laughs> oh my God. And as much as I'd like to pay $150 for like a single radish on a plate, like... <laughs> 
maybe I should open a restaurant because <laughs> this, it, even I, I can't off the top of my head. I'm not vegan, but if I had to think of a place near me to go, I'd struggle. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. know where to go. I feel like places should advertise more if they have a lot of those like options because yeah, because we struggled. We were sitting there just on, on Google, Googling all the... <laughs> where to take vegans help (laughs) and there are plenty of places just like (laughs) people who get paid per the article to write those blog posts these are the 10 restaurants and this is this is where you can shine my dears all of those of you who write or those of you consider yourself unlicensed food critics this is your time to shine go find out all those places put them in a compiled list and we'll love you for it thank you so much in advance appreciate your effort yes and we'll take a five percent royalty on any profits made from that article so (laughs) yes send that to big empty purse podcast at (laughs) gmail.com oh on that note like if y'all have any kind of tips for that kind of stuff honestly send it to us we'll shout it out on here because there are a lot of people who are waiting for that information who don't have access to it so i also because why do we i say we i won't include you in this even if you choose to include yourself why do i continue to add to my struggle when i know i'm already going through it i don't know i do the exact same thing (laughs) well I'll tell you what I've done, and then you can try and answer the question for me, which is I'm starting an online class this week because, like, 25 years of school wasn't enough for me or whatever the fuck I've done. Like, I feel like it's going to be a fascinating subject, and I'm very curious to see what the vibe of the class is because the class is called Marketing Social Change. I'm I'm just so jaded. Like, nothing, like, nothing. Corporations are not people. They're, like, profit-driven entities. So, like, right. anyway, I'm very curious to see if this is, like, someone trying to convince us that corporations actually can, like, care corporation is not a person so it can't care or if this is just like a a legitimate like what is behind this like what are the profit driving forces behind like purpose like (laughs) how are they making money off of this yeah how can you make social change profitable yeah so yeah i think that's what it'll be i'm i'm curious to see i'm looking forward to it but it's still gonna be interesting it's still gonna be interesting i feel like a lot of corporate united states has like a head start on advertising and marketing head and shoulders above the whole world a lot of corporations right now are not just dealing in advertising anymore. They're dealing in behavioral manipulation, straight up, straight up. If they can manipulate your behavior to profit them, they can also manipulate such behaviors to both be profitable and to instigate social change that may be benefited in the long run. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not too mad about it. But no, it's yeah. not because corporations are good people and fundamentally they just want yeah. better things for the world. No, 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 no. But yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see like how sympathetic of an attitude the professor takes towards corporations. <laughs> It'll be... I hope the professor doesn't actually because that's that'll be very disingenuous. I, I hope they just straight up say, look, we can't make corporations care more, but right. we can convince them that good things for the environment is also profitable this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will report back, but I can also tell you in approximately two months from now, I will be going through a new form of going through it in the form of a group project. Because <laughs> uh, this course has a group project. Ah! This oh. is what I was going to say about that. I don't understand why classes like this, and in, they insist on group project. I don't insist understand why, because honestly, you don't need a group project. You, you don't. can just have assignments, learn what you got to learn and be done with it. Because working with people is something that's just, it's not great. It never works. We can have a whole episode on group projects. It's never good. Never, ever. Never have I gotten to the end of a group project and been like, wow, I learned so much from working on this in a team. Never. Exactly. I always produce something lower quality and with more stress. Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But when I tell you, so I'm doing a certificate program and I had to take a marketing class and I looked at the syllabus of every single marketing class that was offered this semester and every single one of them had a group project. Oh boy. So I couldn't get out of it. There was no escaping. (laughs) 
I can't remember the last time I did a group project. I, I cannot. And I hope I never have to ever again. I, I will avoid it the best that I can. Or because I hate working with people so much, if there is a group project, I will just be like, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'll just let you know when it's done. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, unless there's somebody else on the team who's type A, even more type A, who's going to fight me for that. In which case, they can have it. Mm -hmm. They can have it. <laughs> because I don't care anymore. I just don't care. Yep. No, I'm the same way. I'll hang back for like a few minutes and like cross my fingers that somebody else takes the charge. And if they don't, here I okay. go. <laughs> I guess I'm doing the project. Well, yep. thoughts and prayers. We will keep you in our thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> it's my we'll be own sending fault. thoughts and prayers in eight weeks. Oh, I rebuke them. I don't deserve them. <laughs> I did this to myself. <laughs> I don't need to learn new things. Why am I doing this? So what have I been up to? I have, you know what? I said last week that I'd come back here and say I'm going through it. And hearing how much you're going through it, I have to be honest and say I'm not going through it as much as I thought I would be going through it. However, that doesn't mean I'm not going through it at all. <laughs> I am supposed to be traveling this weekend and I already have anxiety about that trip. Notwithstanding, let's put that to the side. I have been consuming range like no other this week. First of all, I'll start by saying I watched the movie Protégé featuring Maggie Q, Sam Jackson, and I think Michael Keaton. And it was all right. It was all right. <laughs> it's like an action movie where Maggie Q plays a protege to Sam Jackson, who is an assassin. So, and then through the spoiler alert, spoiler alert, I'm talking about Protégé featuring Maggie Q and Sam Jackson and Michael Keating. I think this might be a, I don't know if this is a Netflix movie or something. I don't even know. But anyway, know. uh... It's your standard action movie. It's all right. It's not the worst <laughs> I've seen. But I think at this point, every time I see an action movie, because I've seen so many of them, I want it to be something more. Yeah. Like see, when John Wick 1 came out, John Wick, when the first John Wick came out, I was like, okay, okay. This mm -hmm. is an action movie that actually is a, it's a satire of action movies. And I thought that was hilarious. Mm -hmm. And it was a satire that actually took the genre, genre actually very seriously. Because the action sequences were on point. They were very mm -hmm. realistic. Yet, it was a satire. The whole premise was satirical. I thought that was brilliant. Mm -hmm. So, that was a good one. But since then, I've been looking for something similar to that. And it's not giving. But it's a good movie. I'm not going to say it's a terrible movie. I think Sam Jackson always, he delivers the kind of high camp you expect of him in those roles. And <laughs> he's so good at it at this point. The second thing that I saw is I saw an animated movie on Netflix. It's called The Witcher. Something, something. It had like a long-ass title. But it was an animated movie, and it's about a Witcher. Because I remember you said you saw the Witcher, the series featuring the guy who plays Superman, whatever his face is. Yeah, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill, thank you very much. It was good. It reminded me very much of Castlevania, hmm. where it's about like magic and really intricate anime fight sequences type thing. I didn't hate it. I just, <laughs> again, because I've seen stuff like that before, it, it didn't do anything much different. You could literally just rub off the title, write Castlevania over it, and I would <laughs> believe that it's part of the plot for Castlevania. I wouldn't think differently. The third thing I saw, though, oh my god, this blew my mind. I'm going to urge anybody who's listening to my voice right now, you need to go on Netflix and search up King of Boys Part 2. Actually, the first and second. The first one was a movie. Part 1 is a movie. Part 2 is a series. Mm. I'm impressed. I am so impressed. It's a Nigerian movie and show. Mm. It is so good. Now, I will say this, though. I have to be fair. I'm Nigerian, and I, I think that a lot of our movies from 20 years ago left something to be desired and how i'm impressed is how far we've come since then so you know how like you were saying how adam sandler did that movie about gemstone and everybody was it you i think it was you it was you was it, it wasn't you all right cool it probably wasn't i don't know so well, it might have been my cousin somebody was well, on the podcast yeah. tell me what the take was on this movie because i have a take on this adam sandler movie but it doesn't sound like you're okay, going down yes. the road that i did <laughs> no i think like yeah so we were all 
impressed with how Adam Sandler played that role and we thought it was good but it was only good compared to how shitty all his other stuff was mm. but if you just say blanket is it great it's not great we're just saying <laughs> wow we didn't know Adam Sandler had that range but it wasn't yeah. the best acting we've ever seen right exactly okay and I feel as though my bias could be how I'm looking at Nigerian movies thinking how oh my god this is so much better than mm. what it used to be but I went back and actually looked at it objectively and I was like oh no 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 this is actually a fucking great series I think this is Emmy-worthy work. Everything was done. Chef's kiss. So, spoiler alert, I'm about to talk about King of Boys 2 on Netflix. But if you haven't seen it, go see King of Boys 1 and then see the whole thing. You are not going to regret it. This series, the part two, is pretty much a blend between House of Cards and Breaking Bad. Mm. It blows my mind. It is so good. And it follows the story of this woman. Her name is Alhaja Eniola Salami. And she is, they call her king of boys. And she's kind of what you would equate to be like the female mobster. Hmm. Like the bad bitch who runs the whole, like, you know how, you know how you have the dark night, the dark night rises where you have like the Falcones and the, you know, the mobsters who run the underworld and they're the ones who make everything move and shake. That's this woman. And they built her character as extremely complex. Like Hmm. she's lost her two children. Her two children are dead. And, she has been exiled from the country because, you know, she, they brought her up on some cor- uh, some charges. And, you know, now she's she's back. The charges have been dropped and she's coming back with a vengeance. She's going mm. to go for the jugular. However, for her to come back with a vengeance, there are people who, because she's been exiled, they're now underestimating her and they think maybe she's lost her edge. And she is swiping through bitches like it's nothing. <laughs> and the lady who plays this character, you can see how, like, you know, the very deep character that's mourning the loss of her children and wondering whether or not, oh my God, I'm actually good enough to get back in this. I'm getting older. And she still got it. The way she acts, she acts with her whole body. Her face, mm. her cheeks, her eyes, her mouth. The whole thing is so good. And, you know, it's... Some people will consider it overacting, but I feel like for the character they gave her, you have to overact. <laughs> it's, it's obviously mostly in English and it's all subtitled, thank God. For Netflix, but and it's subtitled pretty well actually. It's pretty well, but there are some, mm. uh, you know, proverbs and idioms because a lot of Nigerian native languages are 100% idioms. Like they would say <laughs> five hours of dialogue and all of it is idioms. And if you don't <laughs> understand the actual original context of the idioms, it's you you get close enough, but it's not. There's this scene mm-hmm. which is my favorite where she's sitting across a lady. So this lady is back from exile and she's running to be the governor of the biggest city in Nigeria. Mm. Biggest state in Nigeria. Oh, the, the most, not the quite biggest by land size, but like the most popular state in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And she is running against the incumbent who's been already in power. And his wife is a ruthless, ruthless woman. And she's pretty much the one who orchestrates everything and he's just a figurehead. So mm. the wife comes and she, you know, she sees the lady who's come back from exile who's coming for her husband and she does almost everything to get in her way. And there's this scene where they're sitting in this really opulent restaurant. It's closed off, obviously. There are guards around them. And then she says, I will pay you to drop out of the governor's race. And she's like, you know, she, she grabs a napkin. She asks for a pen. She's writing the offer on the napkin and she tosses the napkin over to Enyola Salami. And this woman, King of Boys, picks up the napkin. She turns the offer over because... The, the director's shot was also brilliant because you know in those kinds of movies some people can make the mistake of actually showing the f- number figure mm-hmm. on the napkin they didn't they just showed her reaction to the number and she looked at it she looked up at her started chuckling tossed the napkin and she says this phrase which means which in my language means incidentally you're not even as hard but the the caption that translated was oh so you're this cheap 
it's not the same thing, but like you get the point. And it's just this comical thing where she's like, I show it to But anyway, I thought it was great. The acting is great. And the looks. I have never seen Kaftans look so opulent. Mm. She wore Kaftans for the whole movie. And every Kaftan was a whole look. She had a turban to go with it and the jewelry and the shoes. Anyway, King of Boys, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Thank me later. You will love it. Now that I'm done raving about, by the way, that actress's name, her name is Shala Shabali. She's done a few other things, but she's brilliant, man. She is brilliant. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even think, and she carried that whole show. Other actors were good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I'm trying to think, I was talking to somebody earlier today and I was asking, I said, who do you think if they had to make a part three would be a worthy adversary to this character? And what I was really asking was, which actor could they cast in any role to give opposite her the level that she was giving? And they were like, they'd have to think about it. Like nobody yeah. popped off the top of their head. And I was like, yeah, this woman created that show then. It's good. It was good. It was good. I love that. I did not watch King of Voice 2 on 2x speed. I watched it in real time. Wow. And I binged the whole thing in real time. This is how good it was. I did not want to watch it at 2x <laughs> I was upset when I was done watching it too. I was like, God damn it. What am I going to watch now? So on today's episode, we'll be discussing summertime. <laughs> we didn't lie. We didn't lie. <laughs> shit unprepared unprepared the first thing that i have on here is stuff and things <laughs> but i will just flat out saying summertime used to mean something so different when we were younger yes it used to mean two months of when we were really young it was like two months of oh my god no school it's going to be so much fun we can do all this stuff then it became two months of holy shit what are we going to do to feel two months then it became two months of this is college how do we get internships we yes. need to do something so we can make our resumes pop and then now it's like it doesn't even mean anything anymore somebody says summertime yeah. i was like and yeah it means hashtag summer of solar hashtag running on sunshine <laughs> <laughs> hot work summer <laughs> but no you're right it used to be like it used to be marked in so many different ways which changed in tone over the years but now it's just just all blends together you know the thing is i guess we'll start with like elementary school slash middle school i think those summers were more so like you know your parents will probably take you on road trip you go visit your relatives you hang out with people who had kids your age i mean at least for me that's what it was i'd go stay with like family members who had kids my age and we would just chill all summer we'd go mm -hmm. to church with them we just we just hang out that would be it all of the kids were off all at once right you know all of that nostalgic nonsense of like riding bikes around and just yeah. like hanging out like summer was such a fun scooters. time scooters oh scooters my god scooters were popular yes razor scooters oh, oh my god i hate it <laughs> i hate it you know that pain you get when the scooter swings the wrong way and smacks your shin slash ankle <laughs> yes that used to be the worst i used to hate that but they used to be popular around that time we used to ride scooters every place so did we yeah me my sister my stepsister and my stepbrother it was like a whole scooter gang we would like ride around all four of us <laughs> and on the razor scooters like they came in like they were silver but they had different colors and you could like switch around the wheels so we all had like mismatched wheels because yeah. we would trade wheels with each other i never had a scooter but i know the the folks i used to stay with their kids had scooters and you know we ride it around yeah that was fun that was fun we used to just play outside for no reason at all mm -hmm. I, I can't even remember since then how much time i feel like one of those summers alone the amount of time i spent outside would be more than the amount of time i've spent outside in the last 10 years yeah that's probably accurate <laughs> we'd wake up we'd have breakfast we'd laze around for a little bit and then we're outside because kids also like don't give a fuck about the weather oh yeah no it's hot and they're sweating like and something <laughs> i as an adult i sit there and complain kids they don't care it's cold they don't care it's pouring rain they don't care like <laughs> And I used to love going to the beach because, first of all, I can't mm -hmm. swim. But, like, the beach sand used to feel amazing mm -hmm. for no reason at all. Like, 
I feel like gravity works differently on the beach. Somebody would cook. It wouldn't be professionally catered, but the food was always, everybody I knew growing up could cook very well. We, I never had like a meal that I was like, this is rank, this is terrible. Mm. Yeah, so somebody would cook, we'd put it in like big coolers, we'd have another cooler for soft drinks. They'd just be, and we'd just go to the beach with all that food, we'd sit there, we'd eat, we'd go play, we'd come back, eat some more. Go. It used to just be so much fun. Mm-hmm. You know what? Yeah, that that I think is what my nostalgia is about the beach. That I'm like, I want to go back to that beach. I probably would hate it now because I'll sit there thinking about how hot it is. <laughs> how much annoying oh, stuff God. is going on. I also remember being like very fascinated, not, like, not just me, but I think a lot of kids like very fascinated by nature and like that's so active in the summer, like like bugs yeah. and animals and like at the at the beach, like the like fish and little crabs that dig down and like all of those things just like that I feel like I either ignore or I'm annoyed by now. Like as a kid, those are just so fascinating. There was an article that came out recently that they blamed the LED city lights as being responsible for the loss of 70% of insects. Hmm. I didn't read the whole thing through. I didn't know what their justification was. I saw that headline and I was like, I don't know how you're going to justify that, but okay. I don't know, but I should go back and read it and see. I, I don't know if you saw that article. I saw the headline and I just was like, okay, I have other things to do. I'm not, I have King of Voice to watch. So I skipped that. <laughs> but yeah, I remember like, I used to see a lot of, I just assumed the US didn't have as many of them, but where I'm from, there were, um, I think you guys call them fireflies. Mm-hmm. We used to chase those around. Mm-hmm. We used to chase those around a lot. And then we used to see a lot of ladybirds. I have not seen a ladybird in a while. Really? I haven't seen one in a really long time. But we, like as kids, they were everywhere. They were every place. I, I know some kids who used to like catch them and keep them. I was like, why? You just walk outside <laughs> and see them. Why would you want that? Like, they're everywhere. You don't need to specifically catch them. They're there. And butterflies too. We used, mm-hmm. My aunt in her house, she used to have this, Um, I wouldn't call it a garden because it didn't produce fruit or anything useful. But it was like, <laughs> she had a whole bunch of flowers it was a big compound house it was a really big house and lining the side of it they had like these big not marble but like those stone big stone pots and mm-hmm. in each stone pot was like a different type of flower and all the flowers around the summertime would all come out there were ones where you know, the flowers you touch them and they close and mm. then you have to wait another like 20 minutes and they open back and we touch them again and they close again we used to do that yeah. um and then around that entire place you'd find butterflies you'd find all of the fun cool looking stuff that used to just fly around yeah yeah, but it was, again, it was a tropical country, so I suppose. I just assumed when I moved here that you guys just didn't have that because you guys had winter, the winters just kill everything. <laughs> At least, especially where I grew up. And actually, now that I think about it, when I lived further north, too, they had it. But no, I mean, the winters in North Carolina are so mild. We had all kinds of mm. all kinds of things. And it is really cool to see, like, everything sort of spring back up. Because winter, it does look like everything's so barren. But we used to catch little frogs. Mm. Like, there'd be little, like, baby frogs. <laughs> There's all the, like, little cute baby oh. animals. They'd be, like, the size of your thumb. Thumbnail, like itty bitty frogs. <laughs> oh, the toads. Yeah. Oh, I when I went to one of my um the boarding school that I went to when I was younger. They so there was a part there was a portion of it that hadn't been built yet. So the hostels was like on one side of it, and the actual campus was another side. And for you to get between either place, you'd have to like trek through the the, the pathway in the bushes. And you know, in the summertime, like everything would be way overgrown. Like all the bushes and shrubs would be so tall. And then on the path, stuff would just fly out of the bush and just stay in the path. And you'd see so many cool stuff, like the the frogs and stuff. Yeah. And then some of I don't like. I never understood why people would catch those things. Can you explain that to me? Like, <laughs> you could just walk outside and see them again. Why would you catch one? I don't know. I can't explain it to you. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I guess there are a few things we caught. Like, we would catch the frogs sometime just to like hold it in your hand. But I, then it was like, okay, like I don't have anything more to do with it. Like, right. <laughs> what is- the house that I lived in 
even when I was younger, we had a farm. We had chickens. We had, I think we had goats and we had ducks. Mm. And we had like, we had turkeys too. Uh, so mm. I'd go, I used to be the person who was like tiny enough to like crawl and like shoo the chickens so I can grab the eggs and stuff. I used to just enjoy grabbing them. And every time I'd reach to grab one, they would just take off. <laughs> then I'd run after them. But anyway, I was such I was so stupid. But I didn't, I mean, obviously that wasn't me catching a, a toad or something. Cause like I wasn't gonna do anything with it. Yeah. <laughs> Life has since changed. And then we went to high school. And then the summers were for summer reading. Oh, summer I reading. I used to hate summer reading. When I tell you I hated summer reading, <laughs> oh. I feel like summer reading probably put me off to reading. I could have been someone who enjoyed reading. But because of summer reading, I hate it. 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 Because first of all, they would assign you books that I suppose were considered classics. But some books, I'm like, why is this considered a classic? Some of them were objectively mm-hmm. not good. Yes. Yes, I will never forget sitting on the beach reading The Scarlet Letter. It was a trash book. It ruined the whole vibe of the beach. It was not, like, it's not a good book. I feel like that's one of those where it would be great to give kids some freedom to, like, yes, you need to read some books over the summer, but, like, pick pick the books. Like, let them, don't make them read The Scarlet Letter. God's sake. I remember reading Jane Eyre one summer. Mm. I was very upset. I was like, first of all, why? why this book the way they talked about the way they talk about that book is a classic you think it would i mean it would blow your mind no yeah it's not a good book actually you know what can we talk this podcast is now the jane Eyre hate podcast <laughs> that book is not good the story is not interesting charlotte bronte charlotte bronte's jane Eyre. it wasn't good and people used to like hail it as this this feminist work of defiance that just switched everything up i was like did it switch everything up though because the story was you know what let me not say too much because you know how things are maybe at the time it did something and it gave what was supposed to be given well, at the time i read it i was like she could not have found a more complicated indirect way more con- she couldn't have made that book more confusing and it, yeah. the plot wasn't even that good i remember it being so long i just remember it just never ended because uh, you know now as an adult if, if i pick up a book that i don't like i just stop reading it but back then it was a required reading so what i would do is if i started a book that i did not like that's actually the book that i started reading even faster simply because i had to get to the end of it mm-hmm. like i don't like this book now i have to finish it quickly so i remember just i picked up the janeiro i was like maybe some 15 20 25 pages in i was like this is not the one and then i was like all right i have to finish this book before tomorrow so I'm like speed reading it because I was like, I have to finish this. This is so bad that I, and I need this range because I can't pass this class if I don't read the book. <laughs> and I just remember thinking it didn't end. No matter how fast I read it, it just wouldn't fucking end. But things like summer reading, I feel like it's like the beginning of the end where <laughs> now as adults, I feel like there's never, ever a time when there's not something that we need to be responsible for. And like as kids, summertime was the yeah. time where you actually had some time to relax and have no responsibilities. And they just, that was... That was how they started. It was like, was, remember this time you used to enjoy it? You had no responsibilities. You. <laughs> Did you ever go to summer camp? I went to cross country camp for a few weeks, but no. Mm. No. Did you go to summer camp? I went to summer camp for a grand total of one week. Because <laughs> there were kids who <laughs> went, went every single summer. Which now as an adult, I understand. I would, I feel like that's ideal as a parent. Just like ship your kid off for a few weeks during the summer. I went to boarding school though. I don't know if that counts. Oh yeah. I mean, boarding school is like the whole year. Yeah. But yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. No, we went to like me, my sister and, and my two step siblings went to summer camp for one week, one summer. Cause I guess our parents just decided to give it a go and we all hated it. I got leeches all over my feet and then they called me leech girl all no. week. Not even a creative name to make fun of you. Leech girl. <laughs> leech girl. 
Ugh. So I know a lot of people that was like a nostalgic part of summer is like summer camps and the whole, you know, bit with the singing and the archery and the swimming and the yada, yada, yada. But my one mm. foray into it was not the not the move. So was it supposed to only last one week or you were just done with it? I don't remember because also like, you know, divorced parents. I don't remember when and where I was being shipped back and forth at what time. <laughs> like, oh, I, I, don't, I don't even think kids are allowed to do this anymore. What I would do is I didn't. OK, so I would kneel in the backseat and I'd look out the back window. Mm. And that used to be the coolest thing to me. I would just look, I would look at all the cars. Even as a kid, I was able to identify a lot of cars on the road. Hmm. And I just tally in my head, oh, I saw these many Pojos, which in the US, you guys don't have Pojos, I don't think. Have what? Exactly. A Pojo. No. I thought you were saying Porsches at first, but no. <laughs> no, a Pojo, it's a French car. I'm saying the Pojo in the, the Americanized way, but we used to call it Peugeot. I think it's spelled P-U. Let me see if I can Oh, spell it. I know which ones you're talking about. Yeah. I've only ever heard it in a British accent because I've heard them talk about it on Top Gear. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. P-E-U-G-E-O-T. It's a Pojo. Oh, my dad used to have one of those. It was a 504. Oh, my God. You know, I was looking up if I could buy this car. I kind of wanted to buy it and keep it as a collectible item. This car is indestructible. <laughs> absolutely indestructible so many like water activities like playing in sprinklers like the slip and slide like water (laughs) balloons i don't know if we did that as kids no we didn't have the like we didn't have sprinklers and water balloons and that kind of stuff that was yeah have you ever done a slip and slide Uh, mm -mm. no (laughs) no 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 no, but we used to have um i guess maybe this is a poor person thing but we used to have you know those um i wouldn't call them blow up but like you know those you could collapse them but there were those swimming pools that you could put together and you put the tarp in there and fill it up with water yeah. We used to have that when yeah. we were kids. And then we had like BMX bicycles. Yeah, I suppose. But that doesn't count as a slip and slide, does it? No, a slip and slide was like, and I mean, there were nice ones. And there were also ones where you just like laid out like trash bags. But it was like a, it was like a really long, <laughs> long thing. And you would hook it up to like a hose and it sprayed water in the middle of it. And the point was to like run at it. And it's like a runway uh. and you like slide your whole body down it. They used to have, when we went to college, you know that dip into Donner? People mm-hmm. used to set that stuff up and run down. Do you see them do that? They yeah. used to do that at the dip and Donner. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you're talking about. I've seen them do it, but like we didn't have that growing up. It's an experience. It's a lot more like one of those things as an adult. Like kids are just so like they're light and they're also just like bendy. I don't know. Like anytime I've tried that as an adult, <laughs> it's like I hurt myself just looking at it. But as a kid, you just like throw your entire body at like 50 miles an hour. And just like <laughs> and you're fine and you do it oh my God. 500 more that- times. <laughs> We did. That's the other thing. That is the other thing. We used to do what we didn't consider was dangerous AF as kids. Yeah. We used to climb trees. We, you know, those big ass palm trees. <laughs> the, like we used to have really big. Even the guava tree at home. I think my dad used to get upset at us for doing this. But like, I would climb anything that had branches. Anything. I did mm-hmm. not care. And I would literally climb it and just go sit up there. Yeah. I just be. I just be casually sitting on top of trees as a kid. Now I see a tree. I'm not climbing that motherfucker. I would not dare. If, if, if you had like goats and stuff, you'd go pet them and play with them and stuff. Now, those goats are stubborn AF. <laughs> and if they headbutt you, like we, we used to like play with goats and they like chase you back and like they, I wouldn't do that now. I would not dare do that now. Animals back then, oh my God, we were so brave to just be like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. But you know what I used to be afraid of? Like, uh, we used to, every once in a while in my aunt's house, we, they'd like find a snake. And, like there'd be like maybe another property that's still being developed, like maybe two houses down and they'd like a snake from that place would like snake over and of course you know everybody would gather and kill it i used to be deathly afraid of snakes i don't know i'm sure they were probably just regular garden snakes that really couldn't do much to, but like in my mind i was like that's a snake even till now i don't want to see a snake do not want to see a snake even um at my parents place whenever the gardener would show up and say oh you guys have a snake in the back i'm like all right never literally i would never go to the back of the house I don't want to see a snake. Mm. I don't want to, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, we used to get snakes in North Carolina, but I knew garden, like garden snakes. I knew those, 
because we also got copperheads, which are super poisonous. And during the summer, because they are cold-blooded, they would love driveways. They would just like sun themselves in the middle of your driveway, <laughs> which at least you could see it. <laughs> but they just just like lay there to sunbathe and like <laughs> one of us would go like see it and run screaming to the house and somebody would come and like chop its head off with a shovel. <laughs> That was how we always killed them. We, not me. I have never killed a snake like that, but it was like always a big to-do. I, I wouldn't know the difference. I don't know. I don't know how to, t- you know how like online, they would say, if you look at the tail and the tail has the scales that go in this way versus that way. I'm like, if I see a snake, I'm not getting close enough to figure out what the scales look like. I'm taking off in the other direction, my dear. So you guys just casually have poisonous snakes just hanging around your driveway? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I can't, I can't do that. That's where I draw the line. Yeah. <laughs> and what we used to do though, we had this kitchen. It was a big kitchen. And the kitchen had like, it was tiled corner to corner, wall to wall. The whole thing was like this glossy white tiles. But the problem with having glossy white tiles is if you step in there and you know, there's any, it's very easy to see dirt. Mm -hmm. It's very easy. So we used to wash the kitchen and we'd have like mops and stuff. So what we'd do is we'd clear the whole kitchen space. Oh, this used to be so much fun in summertime. And then you'd squirt all the detergent and all the floor soap and stuff. And we would just start running and sliding all over the place. we like when it was wash day honestly that should have taken maybe tops tops an hour we'd be there four hours we'd be there four hours sliding back and forth and we'd only stop it when my aunt was like okay get the get out of there we need to cook dinner but yeah that's what we used to do over the summer when you said high school was the beginning of the end college was the end of the end now we're in the afterlife (laughs) yeah then we and then we went to college and oh my god I, like even the after freshman year, I remember like I, you you were very aware that that was the end because you went home after freshman year thinking, oh thank God that was a shitty first two semesters, and then you're like, oh wait, am I not supposed to be doing an internship now? And then if you didn't have an internship, you were like, Ugh. like I, I remember like in college, I did summer school one year at a local college. I that was honestly that was not fun. I didn't love it. I just oh. did it because I was like, I need to I need to I need to make use of this time somehow. I need to oh, knock God. off a few. Cra- I need to do something. And then internships and stuff like that i did internships every summer including after freshman year including before grad school i started in my grad school lab early over the summer (laughs) yeah the one fun thing was it was certainly not a break but i did some internships in college that i at least got to like go somewhere new so i did one i mean Mm. although one was not that exciting i spent one summer internship in indianapolis not the move Mm. indiana is not the move (laughs) it's really not and then i spent but i spent another summer in boston so that was really fun live in a different city for the summer not that i had the money to do anything there (laughs) yeah because people will always be like oh work gets a little slower in the summer it does not that's a lie what happens is people go on vacation and then give you more work because you're having to make up for them being on vacation (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) and this is the thing if you feel like work is slowing down that's because you know there's there's this uh, proverb uh, where it says if a ram slowly backs up it's not out of fear it's so it can come back with more power hmm. that's what it feels like when you feel like you have downtime at work <laughs> it's coming back to hit you like a ton of bricks don't worry about it you think you think you have downtime right now when it comes back you're gonna suffer even more just wait you just wait you know what song i really like speaking of summertime it's the cover of the song by sublime it's called summertime lana Del Rey did a cover of it hmm. have you heard this summertime and the living's easy Friday's on the microphone with Ross MG. All the people oh, on the dance floor agree yeah. that where. Yeah, that song. Yeah. Said Lana Del Rey. I was thinking like summertime sadness. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> That's actually more appropriate. It really is just summertime sadness. By the way, that song was a bop. 
honestly i will say lana del rey is problematic for a few reasons but she's given us especially from like 2012 to like 2015 she gave us steady bops yeah she did like blue jeans summertime mm. sadness when summertime sadness came out i was like yes this is the song of summer yes. i'm going to outplay the song and born to die and mm-hmm. even um national anthem i really like dark paradise shout out to Lana Del Rey for giving us those bops but summertime i feel like is a time when a lot of like exciting movies get released like people release new songs that are for people to bop to all summer i do look forward to summer not because i'll have time to relax but because yeah. of all the cool stuff that's coming out and there's yeah. some even some um like you know at the beginning of spring you know, I've never been to Coachella. Mm. Yeah, I've never been. And I want to go. Have you been? No. I was just saying, when it's not a panko breadcrumb, we can go someday. <laughs> a panko breadcrumb. <laughs> a panko breadcrumb. I love it. Yeah. Right. One thing I love about summer is the all of the produce. Like, you can buy berries at the grocery store all year round, but for nine months out of the year, they taste like nothing. And then for three months out of the year, like, strawberries, blueberries, <laughs> oh, they taste so good. They taste completely different because they were actually, like, grown nearby, usually. We used to do this kid the thing as kids. Oh, my God. It used to be the most fun. Probably the worst thing you could do. We had, like, in, in the house that I lived in with my cousins, I think we had technically four living rooms. One of them was called an ante room. It mm. was, like, a small... It was a small S living room, but it was still big. Mm-hmm. But the upstairs... Well, we didn't call them living rooms. We called them parlors. And the upstairs parlor, like, it was it was significant. It wasn't too small. So what we'd do is we'd go to where I'm from. You didn't have to drive to the store to get candy. There were all these corner kiosks mm. where, like, the small artisans would sell candy. So you'd literally walk out the house and, like, walk maybe half a block. And you'd find the first one and you'd just go by. So we'd buy a whole bunch of candy. And we'd go. And somebody would stay in the parlor, lock the doors, and hide candy all over the living room. Oh. Like put them in the in the seams of the couch, put them behind the porcelain, put them under the table, everywhere they could think of to hide candy. And then they'd open the door and say, go. And whatever you found, you ate. That used to be so much fun. And then like we'd have like maybe 20 minutes of doing that. Like we'd time it perfectly so that after we were done finding as much candy as possible, you'd pull all the candy and then a show would start and then we'd sit down and watch the show and eat the candy. Mm. That used to, that's probably one of my favorite childhood memories. We used to do that almost every day and it was we'd be high on sugar watching samurai jack or whatever um and it'd be so we'd like maybe the grammys would show up and we'd watch the grammy that used to be so much fun and those performances back in the day used to be lit i feel like the grammys now is a lot of fluff i'm sorry to say but back then when like somebody like mary j blige would perform no more drama and you'd because like those performances you remember exactly what they felt like when you watch them so you'd sit there with all your candy and watch that that used to be like a summer ticket so we'll be home from school we'd do that yeah, and then we watched music videos. We used to have something called Channel O. It was like hmm. a version of MTV, but it was it was called Channel O. They'd have music videos. We used to watch that too. So that concludes our episode on Summertime. Thanks everybody for joining us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Big Empty Purse. Tweet us, message us, share your summertime nostalgia, and let us know if you have topics you'd like to hear us talk about. On next week's episode, we'll be talking about ambition. Until next time... Peace.